Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. A devoted servant. Luke 10, 38-42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named... Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Amen. This morning, I want us to look at the devoted servant because in the midst of a world where there's so much hustling and bustling and everybody's got a to-do and then a then-do and then a I-should-do list, I want to do list. And so in the midst of all of that, it's so easy to get confused. And I thought today would be a great day for us to look at these two women where we can see a devoted servant and a distracted servant. We can understand what God is really looking for because in the midst of preaching and teaching on serving, it's easy for us to start making up our own plans and deciding what we're going to do for God, how we're going to, and then say, you know, I was doing that for the Lord. But today I believe that we can learn what a devoted servant looks like and what God is really looking for. Now, before you get your bunny slippers out, and before you get your lounge chair, your big boy, your recliner out and say, well, praise God, all I need to do is sit. Because that's what it sounds like God's going to be looking for. I'm going to tell you right now, we ain't talking like that. Somebody say the devoted servant. I believe that there are three characteristics here when we look at the text that can help us to understand what a devoted servant looks like. The first thing, I'm going to give them all three and then we'll backtrack. The first thing is a devoted servant pursues God's agenda. Come on, say that with me. A devoted servant pursues God's agenda. Here's the second one. A devoted servant puts off ungodly anxiety. A devoted servant puts off what? ungodly anxiety and here's the last one we're going to talk about a devoted servant places sitting above serving a devoted servant places what sitting above serving so let's look let's look let's look let's look the first thing we notice here is that jesus is on his way to bethany 
Now, let me tell you something about Bethany. Bethany is referred to or known as the poor house. It's known as a place where people were sick. You remember Simon the leper? Simon the leper's house was in Bethany. That's where Jesus went to heal him, Simon the leper. Also in Bethany was Lazarus. That's where Jesus went to resurrect Lazarus or bring Lazarus back to life. Somebody said it was in Bethany. And while Bethany may be known as the poor house, I want us to remember that it is the place of resurrection. It is the place of a miraculous work. It is the place where God shows up and he shows out through Jesus. So here Jesus was on his way or approaching the city of Bethany and Martha is so excited to see him. In fact, the Bible says that he approaches, it happens that when he entered the village, that a certain woman named Martha welcomed him to, his, to her house. So here comes Jesus, and she's happy to see him. And come on in, come on, you know, come on in, Jesus. Come on, come on in. We've been, we've been waiting on you. Now, this was before Lazarus, of course, before Lazarus had become ill. But Mary is, Martha is there, and she is welcoming Jesus. The first thing I want us to see about this is we've got Jesus We've got Martha and we've got Mary. We've got three people. I want you to understand that everybody has an agenda. Everybody, you know how sometimes they say one out of five have an agenda. No, 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 no. Everybody, everybody in this congregation, in this room right now, everybody has an agenda. Uh huh. Look at your neighbor and say, You got an agenda. I might not know what it is, but you got an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. Jesus had an agenda. When Jesus came in, you didn't hear the Bible say that he came in saying, Oh, man, Martha, it sure smells good in here. Oh, what you cooking? I'm so hungry, girl. You don't hear Jesus talking about the cooking. What you notice is that he comes in, greets them, sits down, and starts talking. So Jesus has an agenda to impart. Somebody say impart. Impart, impart, impart. Mary has an agenda. Mary has an agenda. I'm going to show you later. Mary has, I'm going to show you Mary has an agenda. We get hard on Mary. But Mary had an agenda. She knew Jesus was coming, and she said, when he comes, all I want to do is sit down and listen. I just want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear him talk. I just want to hear him. Mary had an agenda to listen. She had an, attention, uh, uh, an agenda to engage. Somebody say engage. Engage. Martha had an agenda to entertain. Martha's agenda was what? To entertain. Come on, come on, y'all right here. We right here. Martha had an agenda to do what? To entertain. That's what Martha, Martha was making sure that she had all the right glasses, that she had all the right plates together. Y'all know, come on. Any entertainers in here? Men and women, you entertainers. You know you got all the come on, brothers. If it's you out there, you want to make sure you got the grill set. You got all your best stuff. You ain't using no charcoal because you don't want nobody to smell. You know, you don't want that all that fume and stuff. You don't want that on there. You're gonna get the gas grill out today. Martha had an agenda, and her agenda was to entertain. She wanted to make sure that everything was right for him when he came. Martha didn't know nothing about engaging him. She wanted to entertain everybody. Somebody say everybody. Everybody Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. But the Bible says that while Martha had an agenda, 
she was distracted. That her agenda was not God's agenda because the Bible says she was distracted. Mm. These are going to be some of these characteristics. So we can begin to look at our lives, look at our agenda, and find out whether or not our agenda causes us to be distracted. The word distracted there in King James Version, we remember this, it says, Martha was cumbered about by many things. You remember that King, oh, King James says that, right? Cumbered about, listen to this, it means that she was circling around. The word is even a parry word where you think we get like, perimeter, right? There was, she was moving around. She was around everything, but had no focus on the real thing. To be distracted is to be, to be at this place where it says, listen, it says to pull away from. Distractions pull you away from the center and only keep you on the peripheral. Come on. Oh, my God. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. That's why sometimes when we come in for worship, we can't get in because we out on the peripheral. We out, we out, on, the out, we out on the outside. And so all we're thinking about is what, what they're singing, whether or not it's my song, what it sounds like, how many people, how many people are inside of the church right now. Oh, my goodness. The church is not full yet. I wonder where everybody's at. So we out on the outside because we're what distracted we distracted which distracted distracted is to pull away from the very thing that we should be centered on is the very thing that we all run away from distracted 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 sometimes distractions can be our jobs distractions can be our jobs everything that somebody asks us about we say you know I can't do that because I got to go to work 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 Oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to come down there tonight. Somebody even said on Wednesday, I ain't going to be able to come Wednesday. I can't come on Wednesday because, you know, I got to get up so early in the morning. So I can't come on Wednesday night. Come on, because we got what? Distractions. We have things that that word says that pull us away from the very thing that is supposed to be central, the very thing where our focus needs to be. We are, somebody say, distracted. It says that Martha, Martha was distracted. She was cumbered about. She was pulled away. She was drawn away from instead of being drawn to. She was drawn into her own agenda. Somebody say distracted. But before we can get too hard on Martha, I tell you, you got to ask yourself, what are you pursuing? What is it that your agenda, if I, I, I can tell you, you, you might say, well, I don't, I don't know, Pastor. I, I can pretty much tell you what your agenda is. I can tell you your agenda by two things, your checkbook and your cell phone. Your checkbook and your cell phone. If I look in your checkbook and I see where you spend your money, that tells me what your agenda is. It tells me what your focus is. If I look in your cell phone and see your Fab Five, who you talk to every day, da da da, it lets me know what your focus is. People vote with their feet in their pocketbooks. If they don't want it, they don't stay. If they don't like it, they don't give. It's your agenda. So ask yourself, what is your agenda? And then, is your agenda on the peripheral? Or is your agenda hitting the bullseye? Is your agenda hitting the very thing, Christ, him, the center? Or is your agenda on the, I know, y'all, y'all just going to say, ouch. 
Y'all just going to say, just going to say, ouch. Just go ahead, go ahead and say, ouch, say, ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. Let me tell you something that I found out. Let me tell you something. We just going, I, I like to, t- I like to be do me. Because if I do me, then that means I ain't talking about you, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, one of the things I found out is that when the agenda in my life does not align up with the agenda that God has for me, is God get real quiet. He get real quiet. And I could be in there having prayer time, brother, and I'd be like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you hear me, God. God, why can't you answer? And then I'd get up for a few more minutes. I'd be like, oh, and I'm just going on and on and on. But I realized that God is silent because that is not the assignment that he called me to. Some of you got a whole bunch of silence. You in, you in there, it's like crickets. And all you think, you think, well, you know, maybe it's just something. No, 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 no. God ain't speaking on that because that's not what he called you to. God is not speaking on that because he said it's a distraction. It's what's dividing you. It's what's pulling you away. It's what's causing you not to come to me, but it's causing you to step away from me. It's a distraction. Oh, my God. I'm going to leave you alone for a minute. I'm going to leave you alone. Somebody said, leave me alone. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. <laughs> I want to show you something. It wasn't that Mary didn't appreciate what Martha was doing. Because the Bible says she was with Martha in the beginning. She was in there. I know. Come on. Come on. She was in there helping Martha out. She was helping Martha to get everything set. I know you didn't see that. You didn't see that. You want to know why you know? Let me show you where it's at. 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 Look in your Bible on verse 40. Verse 40. We're going to look down at the B part of verse 40. She said, Lord, you don't, you do not, do you not care that my sister has left me? To serve alone has left me, has left me. That word right there, come on, I looked it up. That word right there has left me, meaning that you were once there. It means to leave behind. It means to leave undone or leave without. It means to neglect. So at one point in time, Mary was in there with Martha. So all y'all that was hating on Mary, Mary was in there with Martha. But what she recognized was that the assignment had shifted. And the reason why we can be so upset sometimes with people who are not where we are or who have left where we are, we can get so upset. But the reality is people are able to understand that a change has come. And when a change has come, it's no longer required that I serve in that vineyard. Listen, if the master is here, if we're preparing for him and he's here, one more preparation needs to be done. So Mary understood that she had to be engaged. A devoted servant is engaged. Somebody say engage. A devoted servant understands there are some stuff that you're going to have to neglect. There are some people that you will have to leave behind. There are some things that you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in right now that you're going to have to say, adios, amigos. 
Oh, my God, my God. I, I, you see, see, you holding on to it. You holding on. That, that's, 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 here, here go, Holy Ghost nugget. That's when you know that there's a problem. When God is coming to say, I'm present and I'm ready to move, and you say, but God, you know I got to do such a, and God, you know I like, and God, you know, and God, you, and God, and you holding on. God said, let it go, abandon it. Because what I'm about to give you is better than anything that you could ever hold on to. Oh, God, Brother Bill, I don't want to tell him. Some of in here holding on to a man. And they distracted. See, y'all thought, y'all thought we talking about pots and, and pans and, and dishes. And that's what that thing we talking about. But we talking about anything that is requiring your attention so much that you cannot be engaged with the father who is present. Ooh. The devoted servant pursues God's agenda and not your plan. Jesus is not looking for us to entertain him. He says, I want you to engage me. Here's the second thing. A devoted servant puts off ungodly anxiety. See, there's something about being distracted. Distraction brings anxiety. Distraction brings anxiety. Distraction, somebody say distraction. Distraction brings anxiety. Distraction brings anxiety because when there is a focus, there is a grace. Oh, my God. When there is a focus, there is a grace. Whatever, if, when you in line with what God, he gives you this grace. This grace rests upon you. This grace comes upon you. People say, I don't know how you do all that you do. It's because you got grace. Because you're not distracted. You're devoted. But here, she was anxious. Somebody says anxious. Anxious means to be worried. She was concerned. Somebody say worried. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And look at here. She approached him, Jesus, and she said to him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, will you tell her to do what? To help me. Listen, she was, she was troubled. She was troubled. She was anxious. Why do I say that? Because in the next verse, verse 41, Jesus tells her that you are worried and you are troubled about many things. That trouble is anxious. You're concerned. Listen, the interesting thing is this, that this word can be used to refer to the cares of life. Listen to this. That disturb sleep. And they often result in seeking refuge. People seek refuge through love in the wrong places. People seek refuge through drugs, through alcohol, through sex. He says this kind of anxiety is one that gets you so off track that it'll keep you up at night. Because anxiety always has to be fed. Oh, my God. Anxiety has to have attention. Now, I want you to notice this. The Bible says that in verse 40 that she was distracted. And then it says that she approached Jesus. I want to show you what anxiety. See, anxiety is an inward 
sign. It's something that's happening inside, inside, inside. It's going on inside. Inside you got worried. Inside you got feelings of anxiety. That's inside. It's internal, eternal, internal. But what happens to this internal anxiety? Internal anxiety always manifests itself externally. So when the Bible says that she approached Jesus, here we go, here we go, Brother Vern. It says, in essence, she rolled up on him. She didn't just come to Jesus like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, don't, don't you care that, that Mary's just doing all? No, she didn't come to him like that. She rolled up on Jesus. She was like, Lord, what's up with this? Don't you care? What's, what's the problem? That, can't you see? Tell her. Make her come in here and help me. That's how she approached. She rolled up on him, sister. She rolled up on him. She rolled up on Jesus. Somebody said she rolled up on him. Because anxiety inside always manifests itself. Listen, he says you are worried. You are troubled. You are anxious and you are troubled. He didn't just say, he didn't just tell her that there's something wrong with you inside. He said what's going on with you inside is now starting to show itself outside. What happens is when you and I become that distracted servant, then we find ourselves off in this ungodly anxiety that causes us to roll up on people. People want to talk to you. They can't ask you nothing. You got attitude. They wonder where, you know, you start out the morning on 10. They're trying to figure out what just happened, what just, what, what just went on. And then you wonder, let me tell you, anytime you always got, it's always somebody else. God says, don't just look at who it is. How about looking at who is in? Don't keep calling the enemy. How about you look in on me? Because whenever we're distracted, we are so often concerned about everything else that other people are doing. Because get this, distraction and anxiety likes to pull other people into our shenanigans. So that's why we get mad. We get, we get mad. We get mad. Get mad at your husband because he don't want to help me. He don't want to do. No, because that's not what God's calling y'all to do. And you got an attitude with that person. No. You got an attitude with your coworkers, with people around. Why? Because you're looking for them to become engaged in something that God didn't call either one of y'all to. He, she asked him, do you not care? She was trying to draw Jesus off into her anxiety. Because the word care, ain't you worried? Ain't you, ain't you, why, why, am I the only one up? Am I the only one anxious? Now, how you know she rolled up on it? When Jesus comes to her, Jesus is like, Martha, Martha, slow your roll. Calm, calm down. Calm, calm, calm down. He, he starts talking about him. Martha, what, what, what's up? Come on, bring it down some. I'm going to need some of that volume. Because she's at the place where she is engaging him on a level that is not godly. Come on, we're just talking about what distracted servants look like. When you're distracted, everything gets on your nerve. Children get on your nerve. Wives get on your nerve. Husband get on your nerve. Why? Because you're distracted. And what's most amazing, this is, this is a nugget right here. This is a nugget right here. What's most amazing is we get distracted doing things that God didn't even ask us to do. 
We just assume. See, the assumption is that Jesus is coming to my house. So the assumption is since he's coming, I ought to have everything together. Jesus didn't ask her about nothing. He didn't come in the house and say, oh, it's so nice in here. Look at this dust on the ground. My God, y'all got good dirt down here in Bethany. My sandals didn't pick up much dirt at all. I love the way you swooshed that dirt over right there, Mary. He didn't ask her anything. He came in and he started talking. Jesus said, some of what you're doing, I didn't ask you to do. I didn't ask you to engage. I didn't ask. No, no, no. Oh, 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 here we go. I'm going to turn around so I ain't got to look at you. You said you did it to make some money because you had. He said, I didn't ask you to make any money. He said, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. I remember one time I was doing something and I told my husband, I was like, oh, because see, I got to go get this and I got to go because I'm just a person that likes to stay on the grind. You know, I'm just, I'm, I, 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 got a, I got an entrepreneur in me, it, Drew. Ain't nothing I can do about it. It's just in me. Somebody says it's just in me. So entrepreneurs like to stay on their grind. They just on their grind. No matter what they're doing, they're on their grind. And I remember I was on my grind so hard and I came and I was talking to my husband about something and I was like, because see, I got to do and I got, I was just talking about my grind. And he asked me one question. He said, are you hungry? <laughs> and I start thinking. In essence, he was saying, as the man of this house, God has given me the assignment to take care of you. The day you get hungry is the day you need to tell me about your grind. You ain't hungry, and since you're hungry, you're grinding because you want to, not because you got to. Some of what we're doing, we're doing it because that's your dream. That's your hope. That's your aspiration. But God says, are you hungry? Did I ask you to do that? Oh, my God. I'm going to get out your business in a minute. He said, if I ask you to do that, I wouldn't have told you in Philippians 4 to be careful for nothing. That word careful means don't be anxious or worried about anything. But through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known. Listen, he said, and the God of peace will cover your heart and your mind. Are you hungry? He says, I want you to be focused and concentrated on those things that I've put in your hand. Ooh, somebody say, I'm reevaluating. I'm reevaluating. I'm reevaluating. Here's our last one. Here's our last one. Here's our last one. A devoted servant places sitting above serving. See, a devoted servant can discern. A devoted servant has ears like the sons of Issachar. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles that the sons of Issachar were able to discern. They were able to have understanding and knowledge about what needed to happen and what God wanted Israel to do. A devoted servant is able to discern. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm trying to figure out what my purpose is. I'm trying to understand what God has called me to. Sit down somewhere. 
get at the feet of Jesus and at his feet, you'll be able to discern what your next step is. You'll be able to discern what your assignment. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, my God. This is, there, there was, this, there was this, 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 this girl, this girl, this girl. Somebody said this girl, this girl. I'm going to talk about a girl right now. It's for you guys, too. But I'm talking about a girl right now because this could apply to you. Somebody said it could apply to me. Men say it could apply to me. A girl, a girl, a girl. I saw this girl. She's so excited, so excited, so excited. She getting ready to get married. So excited, so excited, so excited. She got a boo. Somebody say a boo. And I'm looking at boo. And I'm thinking, boo ain't for you. Now, mind you, boo looks good. So I ain't talking about how boo, I ain't judging boo from the outside. But I'm looking at boo and I'm looking like, now this, you're a godly woman. You're a godly, a godly, godly, she's a godly woman. And I'm looking at her, I'm looking like, but boo ain't for you. And then I start asking, I said, God, if this is your daughter, how in the world could it be you're about to allow her to walk up in something that Stevie Wonder don't need glasses to see ain't for her? And God says, because we refuse to sit at his feet. We mistake our shower prayer, our 285 prayer, our I left my desk to go in the bathroom and pray because they're getting on my nerves prayer. We mistake that for sitting at the feet of Jesus. We mistake a pit stop for devotion. We mistake, you know, you know, in the Indy 500, you know, oh, glory to God. They running, they running the race and they running the race and they got a few people that are in there, right? And at the pit stop, they all watch, change the tires and boom, the car is gone again. I think it takes them less than two minutes to actually change the tire. 60 seconds, there we go. 60 seconds to get everything done on the car. They do, many of us are having pit stops. God says that because we're having pit stops, then we're not able to discern the time. See, 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 long goes the day where you'll start saying, well, you know, I'm just asking mama. I'm just going to check with my girlfriend. I'm going to just check with old dude and see what he thinks about. No, God says, I want to talk to you and help you to be able to discern what you should be doing in this season, in this time, and in this hour, how you should be serving me. And if you would come sit at my feet, then I'm able to give to you what you need. He says, Mary has chosen the good part. The good part. That word good there, it means she's chosen the right part. She's chosen the part that is suitable for what she has to do. She's chosen the very thing that is needed for where she is going to serve. Sitting at his feet is the good part. And he says, it will not be taken away from her. He says, I will not take it away. So God is calling on us as devoted servants to refuse to be distracted by what's going on. 
He's calling on us to be willing to pursue his agenda and not our own. No matter how many dreams we have. Listen, he said, it's not about you, boo. I need you to get with me. And in getting with me, I'll begin to unveil and reveal to you where you have to go and what you need to do. He says, she has chosen the good part. Sitters are graced to serve. Sitters are given what they need. You sit at his feet, everything you need. But I, I, I can only sit here for a minute. No, no, no. Sit at his feet and everything you need will be given to you to serve. Sit at his feet and everything you need. Sit at his, I got to go, I got to, no, no, no. Sit at his feet and everything you need will be given to you to serve. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.